Rough Talk VR. Welcome to another episode of Rough Talk VR, a weekly podcast with in-depth game reviews, exclusive developer interviews, and the latest Oculus Quest news. We join our hosts D Scruffles and Stratus2k1 today as they spend another episode breaking down and discussing the Oculus Quest virtual reality world. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Rough Talk VR. Today we're joined with Doug, the founder of Fun Train VR. And before I go too crazy and you know do a little full intro and we start vibing back and forth with questions, I do want to make a quick correction because this has been keeping me up at night, waking up in the middle of the night with my eyes wide open at 2 a.m. It wasn't that bad. We made a, a small uh, error on the last episode. On, when we were doing our little intro for the Twilight Zone VR, uh, we had called Fun Train the developers in Pocket Money Games the publisher actually the opposite yeah pocket money games is the developer and fun train is the publisher i think that's important to correct because you know they did a great job developing it. i think they they deserve their their credit so, honest mistake yeah. doesn't look malicious <laughs> so with with that being said you know uh doug do you mind to introduce yourself a little bit more to our listeners and tell them a little bit more about fun train vr and also the twilight zone vr sure yeah thanks for the correction on first of all on that yeah we uh so fun train a lot of people have trouble kind of wrapping their heads around what we do. We do have a publishing role. We do have a marketing role. But really, you know, we all come from film and television backgrounds. And really, we see ourselves as more of like producers or exec- or exec- in the film world, like executive producers. So we'll fun train. Um, and it's just fun train. It's not fun train VR because we're, we're, we actually span a lot. And we will be spanning a lot of different um, uh categories like in the spectrum of of extended reality but um we uh fun train basically is a is a production is a producer that we bring well-known cinematic properties into vr you know it, it goes all the way back to wish fulfillment and you know being sort of you know the business plan back in 2000 i think 16 was like be make people the hero of their own stories you know, or heroes of, of stories that they have once dreamed. I mean, the whole reason you go to a movie theater to watch James Bond, I mean, how many times have you walked out of a James Bond film and said, it felt a little James Bondy, you know, had a little James Bond in your walk and, a, and, and had a, you know, a martini like James Bond. It's because you aspired to be that. And I, I think good films and good characters are aspirational. And so we, we are trying to tap into that with what we're doing at Fun Train. Uh, originally, obviously, with The Exorcist and with Tarzan, you know, fighting evil or fighting uh, or fighting evil in the jungle. Um, when uh, so that's basically our history. We started off. Uh, we were one of the you know I can't say we're the first company, but we were we were we were back trying to build a company back in 2016 when not a lot of people, at least in our business, which was film and television, not a lot of people cared about VR. You know. They just didn't really. They're like, well, okay, you know, okay, you go play video games, and we're gonna go make move. We're, we're gonna go make adult movies, you know, not adult movies, but you know what I'm saying? Oh like, yeah, no, hey, that was good. Uh, not adult movies, but anyway. And then that's and then some of them still don't care, but they're they're. I get a lot of calls now from people that are suddenly taking notice of it as an industry and as a business, and uh, we get a lot more. Uh, our relationships with the studios have gotten a lot stronger, and. Um, Every people are coming around. They're starting to see the light, and um, thanks to you guys for keeping the keeping the the torch 
burning. I, I really enjoyed some of your – I listened to the last Twilight Zone podcast uh, that you guys did and the reviews, and I got so excited for this interview because you touched on so many things that we were also intending to do or thinking about, which was like incredible. So thanks for that, and I'm excited to get into it today. So Pocket Money Games – Funtrain is the producer and publisher marketing, and we finance all of these properties and we acquire the licenses. And then we work with like development teams all over the place. I mean, we've worked with we've worked with a team Wolf and Wood, which is in UK on The Exorcist. Uh, we worked on three different teams for Tarzan, a team uh, based in LA and Australia called um, uh, Stonepunk Studios, and then we also worked with uh, VR Monkey. Uh, in Brazil on the PlayStation port. And then we worked with uh, Steel Wool Studios, who did Five Nights at Freddy's, and uh, a company that they worked with named Baba Roga in Chicago for the Oculus Quest port of that. And then uh, now, of course, Twilight Zone is uh, Pocket, Money, uh, Pocket Money Games, headed up by uh, Frankie Cavanaugh. And um, he's act, his studio is actually working on our follow-up to The Exorcist, because we just love working with that studio so much. Uh, and that one is called Safety in Numbers, and that's a co-op um, exorcist uh, adventure. Ooh, that's that's yeah. exciting! Co-op ex- exorcist adventure. That sounds well. Scary. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. Sounds- it's 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 the sequel to the Exorcist Legion VR, but it's it's a continuation of the Exorcist Legion, uh, and it's um it's cooperative, which is where all of our titles are going to be going from this point forward. Ooh, for you know me and Stratus over here, that's music to our ears. You know, even Twilight Zone, we were playing with Party Chat in just because of how much we love the social aspect. So, I, if that game was was co op, I think, geez, I'd probably run those stories back several times. Yeah, but I, I, I like I said in the podcast, the story element to Twilight Zone is was one of my biggest things that I wanted to feel. You know, it's like I wanted to wanted to feel like I was in the Twilight Zone, legit. So. Hats off to you guys for doing that the way you did it because I thought the experience was pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, Stratus, right, right away he mentions the the writing. That was something that when we finished all three episodes, we had to – actually, you know what? At, when we finished each episode, we went, damn, they wrapped that one up good. Yeah. Damn, they wrapped that one up. No spoilers. Yeah, so. but the the writing is solid. So, I mean, uh, do you mind to tell us a little bit more about like what the writing process was, was like for a game like the Twilight Zone VR? Yeah, especially to try to encompass that. With such a original cool Twilight, yeah, you can't you can't screw up the Twilight Zone. You know, it's got to be great, or or it's not going to work at all. So the write, the writing process. Well, we 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 knew that the Twilight Zone is deep with stories, right? It's deep with a lot of what? How many seasons we talk, or how many incarnations of the Twilight Zone and seasons have there been? Five, six of the classic. Uh, am I wrong? I hope I'm not wrong. That would be bad. But. Um, <laughs> It's deep. It's got a deep bench. and But we knew when we started out um, that we did not want to tell the same stories that people had already seen. Because where is the – you know, I use this old phrase. I say, like, why climb the same set of, set of steps twice? You know, uh, because those, you've already climbed those when you watch that the first time. We want, we want to give you a new set of stairs to climb and a new destination and a new reveal. So – we set out originally, we knew like everybody wants the gremlin on the wing and things like that, but we know how that ends up. We, knew, we know how that turns out, right? So what we set out to do is create stories we, from the very beginning that were, uh, that were uh, worthy of existing 
in the Twilight Zone franchise that would stand up and would be, first of all, would be enjoyable as a as a as a game because after all, it is a VR game. I mean, it's it's kind of like well, there's VR experiences where you, that are more passive, but we wanted an active experience, which means putting the player in the in the role of the protagonist. So we wanted an active experience, but we also wanted an experience that nobody had seen before, but was worthy of being in the Twilight Zone, kind of uh, the Twilight Zone universe, uh, the TZU. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to so that's how it started. That was our initial thought process. So then from there, obviously we part we uh, partnered with um, very early on. I, I had a relationship from Exorcist times with Rob uh, Yescom, who you guys maybe you know and maybe you don't. You guys know him. Uh, off the top, top, I don't think we've ever come across Rob. No. Okay, so Rob, Rob is a video game writer. Uh, has had has done with quite a bit of work. Uh, he he actually uh, wrote the Invisible Hours. If you guys played that game, um, but we uh, uh, among other things, and I, I won't. It'll take too long to go through all his <laughs> his uh, resume. But we partnered with him, and he started drafting uh, some sort of top level story ideas. And all, and we knew that there had to be that Twilight Zone twist, basically. Uh, and we knew that it had there had to be a gut punch in the end. And it, and we knew it needed to kind of push the boundaries of what we've seen in in video game storytelling before. You know, we always go back to these old flat games like Stanley Parable, or we go back to Firewatch, or even Soma. If you if guys have played these these games that are that have these really profound uh, uh, left turns. And we set out – so when we set out to write these things, we knew we wanted each episode or each story to be different. right? We wanted them to be completely set in their own world. So we didn't want all three in the post-apocalyptic wasteland. We wanted, we wanted three different almost like genres of game um, because if you remember the twi- old twi- Twilight Zone, some were very, some were very dark. Some were scary. Some were more thought pieces. Some were actually very lighthearted. Um, so uh, we wanted to kind of we wanted that range, and we we hope that would represent the series. So go ahead. I can I can see you guys want to respond to that. No, no. Hey, no. I, I just I, I love hearing the especially with um. I mean, this is a titled a, a titled game, Twilight Zone. I mean, that's a trademarked. Yeah, high expectations. That was the first thing you said was yeah. So just hearing how it it actually came together, and and I'm, I'm amazed with the ability to get, you know, I don't know the process of getting to say like I want to put Twilight Zone on my game. I mean, it's one thing to make the game and yeah, being to able to it. get the licenses is a whole different yeah, skill. That's that's blowing my mind, and I'm kind of focusing on what you had said earlier. What Douglas had mentioned about being able to get these studio names. It's like that's yeah. a pretty good that's a good niche to be able to to take care of. Yeah, but, so I know, so I'm just amazed at this process that you're describing for for the writing actually. Yeah, so if at any easy. point we look we look giddy, it's just because we're excited, <laughs> we want to keep hearing it not not at all that we want to interrupt you. So uh if you want yeah, to no, keep... it's just I and it's a it's a it's not easy to license this stuff. Uh not to not to mention the music, which is a completely separate license. Um so you'll notice that the exorcist doesn't have two tubular bells. Uh, tried to license that and couldn't get it, which is the Exorcist music is kind of iconic that goes along with Exorcist. Uh, Mike, um, um, I think his name is Mike. Oh, I can't pronounce. I can't say his name at the moment. But and then of course we wanted the Twilight Zone theme song because everybody knows that. Even if you haven't seen the Twilight Zone, even if you're 
you know, not, you don't remember the classic series, or even you haven't seen any of the incarnations of the movies or the new series, you've heard that do, 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 do. You've probably heard that before, or you've heard somebody say, oh, he or she's off in the twilight zone. And you can contextualize what that means. They're off in another crazy place. So that, that name alone has, it was really important in setting the, setting the bar for what people should expect. I will say it bothered me that, you know, when we were, we intentionally didn't release a lot about the game because we don't want to give anything away. And I really appreciate it in your podcast where you're choosing not to give spoilers away because that diminishes the experience of first time users. And I'm really happy that you guys like that was cool. Um, a lot of people don't care. They just want to like spit it all out and everybody else be damned. But, you know, it's um, it really bothered me to hear people see the teaser and like, oh, well, if they didn't show that, they don't have anything. This is just going to be another, you know, like, I'm not sure. I'm not so sure how this is going to turn out. It sure doesn't look like the Twilight Zone to me, you know? <laughs> and that's what I, I, and I think, I think one of you guys said that even, or I'm not so sure about it, but maybe I'm wrong. But that, you know, that, that was bothersome because we were intentionally doing that and we, we knew we had to deliver on expectations. But if we delivered, we were trying to make a game that appeals to the 52 year olds. And also the uh, doctor, uh, or I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm mid 20s. I'm 26. The, I'm a young yeah, buck. The, what are you? How much? How, okay, in the mid 20s. So yep. the 50s and the 20s, how do we get both of them? Right. So it's, we had to walk. There's that like tight, that tightrope we have to walk right in the middle to try to get both young and old. And, you know, a, a you know, a game like Population One isn't going to necessarily cross um, uh, um, generations necessarily, but that that was a gamble for Tarzan. We took a gamble on it too, and it, and it worked sometimes. It didn't work other times, but uh, that's what we went for. And so we wanted to gamify a Talking Heads show that was incredible and the Godfather of like science fiction, as far as I'm concerned. So uh, it's tough. It was a tough, and though, so that's the process. Yeah, I mean, before we played it, I will admit, I think when we had seen the trailer at first, we were like, oh, I don't know, it didn't show too much. We were still sold because it's Twilight Zone, got to play it. But it's like having actually played the game now, I mean, you heard our the way we reviewed it. You know, I can, you can't show really anything about the game because anything you show, even if it's an enemy type, uh, an environment, all of that's a spoiler. You know, even say showing what maybe some of like the bonus content would be that you unlock. That's a spoiler itself, too. So it's it's tough. You really can't show no, anything. It, in a trailer. I, I believe in my heart that. Mentioning all the things that people worked hard to put in there and, you know, for you to discover, to have someone else just mm-hmm. spew it out. And it's I'll, just it's a it's a discredit. To I'll them. be honest with you. I even posted a picture of like the create a picture or create a character scene on Twitter because I like joke that it looked like Lex Friedman, a popular podcaster. And I was like, man, I don't even know how I feel about posting this. It's in like the first 10 seconds of the the episode one. So somebody's going to encounter it very quickly. But even that I was like, ooh, I don't feel right posting this. I don't know if I should. Any 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 gamer experience that has like any puzzle element to it or mystery element. Mm -hmm. We have a different review process. We actually. Yeah. to discuss you, it you, it's it's hard it's really hard because you don't want to ruin you know a first timer is putting it on but you also want people to know that you know hey you should really go out and try it but you can't exactly tell them all the reasons why 
So um, a little back to something that you were talking kind of talking about before with the licensing. Uh, I know you had referenced some some not headaches, <laughs> but some you know obstacles with like the Exorcist VR. Uh, you know, licensing with the music, do you, tubular bells. Yeah. yeah, that's that's big. That actually you, shocks me. Yeah, I mean, I think they'd want it to. It's good to see that Twilight Zone. You know, at least for my user experience, seems like that they gave much more freedom with that regard. But do you mind talking a little bit more, if you're able to at all, about like what it's like getting these licenses? You know, for VR games and specifically, you know, the Twilight Zone, such an iconic series. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's easy. I mean, it's easy. I mean, I'm not going to tell you how how the sausage <laughs> is completely made. You know, uh, the you'll see a bunch of other uh, major franchises popping up in VR games right after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, it's basically relationships and it's basically hustling. You know, going in and knocking on doors and saying, "What do you got?" Like, because they're going to try to. You know, there's a lot of licenses out there that are available, but aren't going to make great VR products. You know, um, or or games even. You know, like we wouldn't do like the Bridges of Madison County. You know, because, uh, you know, maybe Fun. one day we'll get there when we run out of, of uh, when we run out of, um, of, of uh, licenses. But basically the way it works is you, I, you, you have a contact with someone in the licensing of these big, big corporations. I mean, they're, they're quite large, you know, the big conglomerates. Uh, and in this case, it was CBS, uh, Viacom CBS. And so... I knew people in, in the interactive uh, department and basically I said, hey, let's – we got this other get game that's doing really well, this this Exorcist title that continues to do really well. Uh, uh, we want to kind of repeat that and we really want to return to horror and, and, and kind of suspense uh, and science fiction, of course, which that, that worked in later. And uh, so how about, you know, Star Trek? No. Too expensive. You know. Uh, um, okay, well, how about Twilight Zone? Because it's an anthology and we're looking for, you know, we do episodic stuff. Like if you notice all of our games try to be short form, we try to make games that you can play each chapter in under an hour or each episode in under an hour, put the headset down and come back to it later. Very much like you'll sit down on the sofa and watch the latest episode of Game of Thrones, or I'll, I don't know why that just came, you know, or Westworld or one of these things. You'll sit down and watch it, and then you'll go do the rest of your day, and then next time you want to revisit this world, you come back and do the next episode. And it's sort of like like this idea, of, you've heard of this phrase, must-see TV. You ever heard that? Oh, yeah. Well, we're, we're hoping to do something like must-play must, must play VR. You know, like it, that you tune in to, um, and if if the company goes the way that we're hoping the company goes, I mean, we kind of, you know, as you run a business, you're, you kind of drift back and forth across your business plan. It's like a needle, but you still kind of swing in the in the area. But I, I hope I, I would love to get to a place where we are rolling out a new episode or a new chapter or a new issue or whatever you call it, short form content uh, at a short at a short form price uh, every couple months. So that'll be six a year and for different franchises. So. Very similar to Telltale. If you remember the Telltale Games model, uh, got you know, rest in peace. Uh, but that was cool. And I think they made a lot of mistakes, but they, what they were doing was cool. Like episodic games that were priced accordingly. And, um, and I, we want to do that for VR. That, that put a smile on my face. I actually am selfish. So when I finished the <laughs> Twilight Zone, I was like, I want... 
I want more episodes. I want. I and it's want not because anything was missing. It's just because it was so good. It yeah, was like, it's like, all right, these guys now have the Twilight Zone. This is theirs. So they can. Yeah. that You had even said it's like the endless potential of different episodes. Mm-hmm. As long as they're good, good written material. Yeah. It's, it's that's the home run. I mean, that's tough too. I mean, that's hard to write these things. I mean, episode three. Is a space episode. We, they're not ruining anything by saying that. No, it says it in the, called, uh, the description of the, the yeah, yeah. Page. And I remember you guys saying that. Didn't you guys say you would you would have retitled it something else? I think we changed. We said we would. Oh no, maybe we would have only. It. We would had no description. Just like a writer terraforma. Yeah, or, you know, or just what the name of the. Or if there yeah. was a description, maybe say like a writer pressed on time. Yeah, for his last. You know, something like that. <laughs> after I heard you guys say that on the podcast, I'm like, darn it. They're right. <laughs> Only because that that first moment where I won't even say what happened, but I realized that there was because I didn't oh, really no. read it's that in the part trailers. of the story. It's in the trailers. It's an it's yeah. an alien abduction story, but it's got a twist that, that we hope people haven't seen or 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 aren't that familiar with. So you know, but but that episode, just to put from a writing perspective, because you guys were talking about keeping the writing strong. That episode used to, or that's I hate I sh- they tell me the people tell me I shouldn't say episodes. But that story, I, I love the term episode for it. I okay, think it's good, so fitting. Personally, pocket, you know. yeah. They're telling me like episodes. People turn up their nose at episodic content and that and that. So I, but I, out of force of habit, I call it episodes. Yeah. But the third story used to be something completely different, and about I don't know about uh, December of last year, we threw it away. We wadded it up and threw it in the garbage and said episode three is not does not deliver on what we would expect from a Twilight Zone episode. It costs us a lot of money, and it costs us even more time because we actually had an earlier release date than, than July. But we were, n- we were not going to put that product out or that game out. Two out of three are good. We All three of them we felt had to be solid. So we actually, in, in, in December last year, we threw it away. We took, a, we took like two weeks off to just clear our heads, you know, and then – manager of production at Fun Train Skyler got together with the head of uh, production over at Pocket Money and they started banging out ideas. We knew kind of what the elements were. We didn't know the story and they came and they came back in January 15th and they said, here's the story. So they're like, wow, we found it finally after all of these machinations. And uh, episode two, here's a funny, you want an Easter egg for your podcast? Episode two <laughs> used to be called Stop Day. Stop Day. It wasn't even called Terra Firma, and it wasn't even about a man wandering the post-apocalyptic wasteland looking for, I, I mean, uh, no spoilers. So it, it wasn't about that at all. It was about a thief. Uh, and uh, we, we tore that one up too. Uh, early in the process, thank God, which allowed us plenty of time to, to find that story. But, we, if we're not, if we're not satisfied, where are you guys are your toughest critics? I can tell that you guys have like have this like penchant for extreme de- uh, uh, perfection, you know, with using this audio recording stuff and all this. That you, you know, all these. So we did, we're the same. And if it's not pleasing us, we definitely know it's not going to please, you know, Stratus, you know. So yeah, I'm always amazed that people from the film industry would want to go to VR because in my head, if I was in the film industry, I'd probably never want to leave it, <laughs> let alone go explore what is really virgin territory in the tech world. I mean, 
VR has been around for a while, but only now is it gaining any sort of any traction. So yeah, I think you would kind of comment on that. When you started in 2016, everybody in the, the film industry knew it was kind of hesitant. And suddenly, you know, with VR in the news a bunch, all of a sudden everybody's asking about it. Um, so film industry could mean a lot of things. You could be a director, producer, actor. True. Uh, I just made assumptions. So just out of curiosity. Cameras and actors. Yeah. I mean, for my own ha-has, I mean, what was your history with film prior oh. to uh, Fun Train? Well, back to back to what Stratus was saying before I get into that. It's an entertainment medium. VR is an entertainment medium. Gaming is an entertainment medium. And we're 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 entertainers in, in the film and television business and the theater business or whatever. You know, radio business, we're entertainers. So this is just another entertainment medium. And to me, it's very similar. It's a the first time I put on a VR headset was a DK1. I, I watched some advertisement for Dos Equis beer, like the, the most benign thing. But man, when that when the most interesting man in the world walked into the room and he looked right into my head, into my eyes, and he addressed me, I got chills because I got like, this is this is the new new, you know, this is like, this is the new IMAX, this is the new immersive, uh, this this there's nothing that's going to put you deeper into a story than actually being in the story. Someone mentioned the other day, like first person. This isn't a first, we're not doing first person games. We're doing in-person games. We're doing in-person movies that we just happen to call it VR or in-person stories. So, but as far as what I did, I mean, I, I, um, gosh, I did a, I did a lot of things. I worked in licensing for a while and, and then I, um, at Paramount and then I worked, uh, I jumped around studios doing development work for, um, uh, different shows. And then, um, I went. Uh, I worked in casting for a while at Paramount, casting like the studio pictures. And then I finally uh, uh, went and started working for Monk, this television show called Monk. And I was a producer on that show. And I ended up doing that um, for, gosh, 112 episodes or something along several years. Uh, and that was a great experience and learning how to kind of, and I was, um, I'd sort of wore many hats on that show as sort of like one of the onset producers. But I, um, I learned about how to run teams and how to keep shows on budget and and also translating the written page to the screen and all that kind of stuff and working closely with the director. So I did that for a while. And then that show that we, we that show ended and I did a couple of horror films and I did this one sh- uh, film called uh, I, I produced a segment of it called uh, uh, this show called the uh, this movie called the ABCs of Death which was an anthology show, which did had 26 short horror films, each with a letter of the alphabet. And I produced the fourth one. D is for dog fight. And the director of that was Marcel, um, Marcel um, Tormento, who is now our creative director at fun train. Uh, but he, uh, but, and then after that, I did a movie called the cottage with David Arquette, some, you know, some, some low budge indie. Cause I love that indie. I love indie movies. Even though I worked on network television with NBC universal, I, I love the feeling of the camaraderie and the, the getting rolling your sleeves up and getting down in the trenches of like making an indie indie movie or community theater is something that I just love. Although there's none around me, I would totally sign up because I like that. We all pitch in to get it done. And that's what VR is right now. Like to me, we're not, you know, we're not AAA studios. We're studios of eight to 10 people, you know, 
and a marketing team of like six or seven people. We're all just pitching in and filling in the gaps and doing what it takes to get it done. So that's what it's like to make a TV show. Everybody's pitching together for eight to 10 days to make a single episode. That's what we're doing in, in, in the uh, VR games. I mean, we, I wouldn't consider us a AAA company by, I mean, we're not, Frank, we're not, you know, but um, I would say we're single A. Uh, and uh, one day I want to, one day I hope to graduate to double A, but in the meantime, we're going to have fun and we're going to, uh, and, and we're going to keep the, you know, fun training rolling. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. Hey, it was it was a well-fitting <laughs> pun, you know? Yeah. Uh, so no, I, I do want to comment on the monk. Thing. I was gonna say Adrian Monk is one of my all-time yeah. favorite really? favorite shows. Yeah, yeah, come on. That's a that's a, I've, a goat I've binge watched so many times, it's not even funny. Well, I'm in many, I'm in several episodes myself. I'm I was like, so as a producer, when you know what pickup shots are, like when when you'll do it, when you'll shoot a show, you don't any shot shots that don't include include the main cast, for example. A fist smashes through the diamond, the glass diamond case to grab the jewels, uh, or the killer puts on some pantyhose before he picks up the axe to go murder. Well, a lot of times that was me. Or we need a shadow <laughs> falling across the doorway. That's me making the shadow or putting on the pantyhose or smashing through the glass, just because we just take a camera and go and shoot it and pop it in, you know, with the insert team. Um, but I'm I actually was in a couple episodes uh, just for laughs, uh, but. Um, yeah, that's a. I'm actually in episode one of the game. Really, really, where? Uh, actually, would that be a spoiler if we ask where? I mean, no, no, I'm the angry boss. Okay. Do you remember really? the dude that's talking to you? Yeah, through the, the through the uh, right in the beginning. That's that's me, and that's not because I wanted to. It's because we. Okay, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but we couldn't find the perfect. We couldn't find the perfect. Uh, uh, player to do that part. We couldn't find the right tone. We had a fill in. Rob Yescombe was actually filling in for that as a work in progress, but never intended to be in the game. And then we went, we tried this person and that person. We tried split screen with a whole team of coders. We just couldn't get it right. I mean, we went, I bet we shot that thing five different times. And finally, just one evening, Frankie said, Doug, you just do it. I'm like, okay, I don't want to do this, but I'll do it. And it worked, and we kept it in the game. <laughs> we man, I th- I need to go back and That's rewatch that because I don't think I I picked. I didn't recognize just you know having played it and now talking to you. I'm wondering if now you know after well, this interview, how recognizable reason, it's going to be. There's a reason for that because a it's titled the Twilight Zone. You're mm-hmm. in it, and I don't care if you're looking at one thing. You're like I know I was paying attention to what's going on in yeah, front of me. I was playing me, with the mouse. I'm looking at other things. I'm I'm not sure what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. So that's true. Good. It's not like you're just. I figure if you're in. if you're waving your hand around and you want me to see it, there might be a reason for that. So you know, <laughs> I'm going to look around. Yeah, no, I don't mind. Good. I don't. Uh, please, I don't mind it because I didn't really. I'm not really proud of that, but I did that, and it's fine <laughs> if people are not paying attention at all to that. Other than you've done something bad. You know, and Frankie, uh, the lead developer at Pocket Money said, if you're in the Twilight Zone, it's usually for a reason. It's usually because you've been bad or you've done <laughs> something bad or you're paying the price for, for misdeeds. And I thought about that. And that's really true. I'm, I'm trying to think of a, you know, some of the stories, the invaders, you know, some of them aren't all like that, but a lot of them are. I mean, a lot of them are like, like you may have a, a, a you know, a cardinal sin. I mean, a, a, uh, you may have a, like a 
uh, vanity or something. And, you know, that's that you're paying for that. So I thought that was interesting. And we think a lot about that when we're creating. You want more Twilight Zone, didn't you say? Yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely want more Twilight Zone. I want more episodes. We're doing them. I mean, don't don't uh, we're doing them in success of this game. Once we okay. find out if it makes, you know, these aren't cheap uh, to make and it's not cheap to license and it's not cheap to market and it's all this stuff, but we're on track. Things are looking good. The game is successful and we are definitely rolling out. Uh, what are, mm, can I say this? Why not? Uh, we're rolling out what are called uh, mini sods uh, um, that are going to be freemium content. Okay. Yeah. So they're more bites, bite size scenes or moments, and we were just we were just talking about them today. They're not, we, you won't see these for a while, but uh, sometime next year. Uh, and then we're already talking about in success. We're already uh, scoping out uh, an additional season right now of the game, which will be full episodes, just like what you saw. Okay. Ooh. This is exactly what I was hoping. This is exactly what I was hoping yeah. this would go. There's so much. I mean, $20 for this game is extremely fair for a, a licensed game. You kind of referenced that these things aren't cheap to get. Oh, yeah. But I heard mini, you say that. <laughs> minisodes, uh-huh. full episodes. And I think, you know, specifically for Twilight Zone, the episode like selling point works great because seasons episodes is a TV show. It's like perfect marketing, maybe with another game, maybe chapters episode or, seasons. Yeah. yeah. But for Twilight Zone, that works perfect. But ooh, I'm excited. Yeah. Well, and we're working. This is a slow. This is a, it's a process, and clearly, but we we definitely have some unlocks coming for Halloween and uh, things of that nature. But and then, of course, you know, the PlayStation port is is really important to us. So, get, adapting this for PlayStation VR two is like one of our key, our big priorities. So, uh, we got a lot cooking. In addition to all the other stuff we're developing. Um, and do you already have some of these stories like written on the backer storyboarded? Yeah, just ready. I mean, I'm like you're in the big board all for, set up. Well, I mean, for anybody who's gonna who's watching this on video, you can see the whiteboard in the back. I don't know if that's anything Twilight Zone related, but clearly oh, that's no, how no. I imagine this whole system works. All right, yeah, so no, be- um, those are just sketches and like tasks and stuff, but uh, things to do on other. Th- um, but uh, yeah, we we we've already beat out uh, one of this one of the season two show uh, shows already. And it's incredible. I'm so excited about it. Like when you know you got it, you got it. And we, you know, like with episode three, when I mentioned, we threw it away so many times we finally arrived on it. It just clicked. This one clicked like from the get-go. And so um, we've already got a title for it and we've already got the, the, the ending and the beginning. It's, fit, it's making it, it's gamifying it and making sure that not only is it a Twilight Zone episode with a Twilight Zone twist and a gut punch, and all of these things that you expect, right, out of the Twilight Zone that aren't too hammy, but it's also making it entertaining for gamers or for the audience, right, to play in a VR headset or to interact with. So we really, that's, a, that's the part that we're finessing. But as far as the, the, the skeleton of this thing, we got it. The, the structure, we got it. The keystones are in place. Now it's just building the house around the keystones. Uh, so... That's exciting. That one, a couple of the minisodes are already scoped out, and so we're working on those as well. It's gonna. Uh, I hope that we can continue uh, the success of the game, uh, so that we continue making these things because it's really fertile and deep. Like I mentioned, a deep bench. 
Um, yeah. Well, what's, what's good is you, you did hit it with the, the 20 somethings. You definitely nailed it with the 50 somethings. You got to hit it with everything in between just based off and to of me, that. It's a win-win because it, it really did make me go, okay. You know, it's been a lot of years since I rewatched all the black and white twilight zones. Maybe I should go rewatch them because shit, I just took place in a twilight zone. Yeah. I was the main character, <laughs> but it did have that, that feel because, mm-hmm. you know, there is a gut punch to pretty much. I don't think I've ever watched the twilight zone and it was like all roses at the end. There was always some sort of like moral kind twist. of twisted plot or personal thing, or just, you know, the one where the guy breaks his glasses and he can't see for the rest of the time. And he's alone. <laughs> time enough at last. Yeah. And you know, it's weird. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have wanted the, the gremlin on a wing to be honest with you. Well, I love that. These are all original ones. Cause it's yeah. exactly what it's, a, it's like. A, it's a modern day continuation of the, Mm-hmm. The series is really what it is. We want to bring it into the 21st century. Yep. That's what we're trying to do. It's modern. It's new technology. By the way, the gremlin on the wing, there's an homage to that in the game. I think, I think that's another little Easter egg we probably missed. I'm trying to think if I, if I might have caught it. And yeah. Do you, remember, do you remember an airplane anywhere on the, in the game? Uh, I did in. Can I, do you care if I say which chapter? No, I don't I, care. I saw chapter three. Yep. Just because I want that was the one chapter I really wanted around. And the guy looking like, out the oh, window. Oh, oh yep. you're actually we you're did that. Gremlin. We actually did that as a joke because people kept asking <laughs> us to put the so that's in there. Uh also um there are let's look at look at street signs in the game, look at um there's actually unlocks. If you look at the extras on the menu, you can unlock different visual modes. As soon as you, and I'll say this, this isn't a spoiler. Every, this is to a, to satisfy all the uh, strat, uh, the stratuses out there. Strat, am I saying it's stratus? That's right, right? Yeah, that's fine. You're saying it perfectly. Okay. So it's to satisfy those people that are like, oh, this isn't the Twilight Zone. It's got a gun in it. And, uh, you know, not a, well, you can actually, if you finish, if you complete the game, you unlock 1959 mode. Did you know this? Yes. Yep. Okay, great. So you can go through, and no one has actually streamed or played that yet, but that is black and white. That's basically black and white mode for the game. It's a little bit more challenging in some areas because remember in episode one, mm-hmm. you're told to find this color kind of car. Uh, yeah, color, yep. <laughs> yeah, you find this type of vehicle, but there, if you remember, there's a license plate on that uh, also that's given to you. So that that is enough. It's almost like, but anyway, uh, that is there to 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 as a tip of the hat to the classic series, and we have other things in there which I'm not, I'm not going to give them all away. But Pocket Money Games and and the lead, the Frankie Cavanaugh, is a mad person, <laughs> and he is obsessed with Twilight Zone nooks and crannies and everything. I mean, Twilight Zone T-shirts, books, bobbleheads. I mean, we're talking like. Anything that could possibly and, and Twilight Zone pinball or video games, and I just like, man, this guy's really into it. And this is before we even we even decided to work with him. So it's it was just like it was serendipitous that we found uh, him and his team. Uh, they're 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 really smart guys, and they're um, they're so fun. They're so fun to work with, and that's part of this. Is like we got to have fun doing it. You guys got to have fun playing it. You got to have fun doing a podcast and like having a laugh. We have to have fun making it and the gamers have to have fun playing it. Like everybody's got to have fun. Otherwise what's the point of doing this? Let's go sell dig ditches somewhere, you know, and 
anyway. but that passion, I it it carries over. You can you can see it, and I think you need somebody. You know, you're saying Frankie's obsessed with the Twilight. Well, I'm wondering if he did the voiceovers like Rod Sterling. Mm, that's a no, good that was a performer we found. Marcel in L.A. found a performer named Kiff Van Heuvel, uh, and Kiff. Um, we didn't want a Sterling. It's not a Sterling soundalike. We wanted a narrator. That was important because we don't want to just recreate Rod Sterling. That nobody can do that. And like, why would you want to just recreate somebody who you'll never measure up? And and frankly, that's I think it's disrespectful to the Sterling family and the Sterling estate to try to do that. So this is our narrator. Um, and as you remember, the Twilight Zone had various narrators throughout this throughout the various. I mean, Burgess Meredith did it one one season, etc. So this is our version of that. And we love Kiff, and he's uh, he's done. He's going to be working with us hopefully for a long time. Yeah, I think he did a, a respectfully good job. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you you see that passion that is genuinely somebody who loves the series. Yeah, making this it's those little those little Easter eggs, those little the homages, the black yeah. the black and white mode was something that I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, for the people who are pre existing Twilight Zone fans, that's gonna that's gonna really get them excited. Like your your reaction with the. The gremlin reveal when he when he explained it. You're yeah, like, it's you're like I, I was actually I I remember looking. I know the exact yep. scene that we're talking about. Yeah, you looked bothered. You didn't put it together. Yeah. Well, I, I knew, it's I knew a little. It's that not was, on I the might nose. Have been a little scared you know, too, guys. You know, what I mean, it's it's there, <laughs> guys. It's there if you want to find it. If but that's that was our intention with putting that in there, just because we you know a lot. That's what a lot of people expect uh, to be, and we're kind of saying nope. You're outside the play. You know, you're not even, you're not even, uh, you're not that guy in there. That's someone else. That's another story that uh, <laughs> you're just looking in on. So, uh, but that's, uh, I'm glad, you know, we don't expect people to play at 1959 mode all the way through because who you've played through the game, you know, where the twists are, you know, but there's a lot you may see on a second or third playthrough even, but 1959 mode is there for you to skip through the chapters and get a little bit of, you know, a little tingle of nostalgia. Yep, nostalgic uh, feel. Yeah. And uh, something that you had kind of referenced was like, you know, and we talked about this on the podcast or on a review of it is like, you know, different features in each episode. And I thought that that was genius for, you know, if this was somebody who's getting the the headset, you know, for the Twilight Zone and shit. Now, this is one of their first experiences in VR. Or if you're like me, you get your headset. And, you know, first couple experiences I bought was Vader Immortal. You know, people say not the most replayable, but that was an unbelievable experience to get me hooked in VR. It was polished. It was well done. It played well. And this is a great example of that it's polished. It's well-written, you know, each episode has its own gameplay element. So you're showing all these different possible elements of VR. Somebody can take the twilight zone VR having never played VR before and be pretty freaking sold on that headset afterwards. So, I mean, was that something that you were keeping in mind while designing this, you know, the new user experience, or were you targeting a little bit more of those veteran users? 100% what you just said. And I, I, mean, I heard that in the podcast as well. And I think I reached out and said, make sure you talk to about us about this because <laughs> that is exactly what we were. We wanted to ease of use. We wanted it, you know, if you remember The Exorcist, I don't know if you've played The Exorcist, but you should. Um, and, uh, but it's got sort of, a, it's got a menu system. It's got an inventory system. It's got a lot of bells and whistles and buttons and dials and, and you're to, to open your exorcism kit and select things and use the this and that. And we kind of want we that while that's good and that appealed to that early adopter 
hardcore gamer crowd that was used to that. Now we have the supernatural crowd coming in, right? The people that just want to buy a headset to work out and punch things in the air and, or, you know, or do, or, or wave some light wands and just like, ooh, and ah, to, to dance music. Well, that is that level of simplicity is kind of what we wanted to tap into. And you don't have to be a gamer with a, with lightning quick reflexes on, on the, on the, uh, on the, you know, on the, uh, on the, on the stick in order to enjoy this game. We wanted to simplify it as much as possible. I think you guys mentioned something about pushing a button on the use of the remote. And I thought that's genius because I don't even remember that Frankie took and his team took care of that, but using a button to turn on a remote or using a trigger to turn on the remote, that's as complicated as it gets really picking stuff up, putting stuff down, walking forward, walking backward, walking side to side, looking at things. That's it. And, but that is such a, to me, that's such a simple, clean, um, sort of, I don't want to go so far as say elegant, but it's, it's for those people who, who just are going out this Thanksgiving on Black Friday and getting that headset for the first time. It's for your mom who finally is ready to start working out again, right? And, oh, I can do it on, I'll get that workout thing. And, oh, oh I remember the Twilight Zone. Um, and it's for her son or his son who loves puzzle games and adventure and wants to shoot some things, you know. Uh, and so it's so funny. The shooting is something that really we went back and forth on. We Putting guns in games is a real uh, – you're stepping in a big – you're stepping into big shoes, right? Because gaming and guns like go all the way back to, to the like the – quake days and the doom days wolfenstein days right yeah so wolfenstein right apple Apple two plus yeah exactly and so or or even further than that marathon uh if you remember marathon that was on mac but it goes all the way back to those shooting and so you you come with a lot of there comes a lot of expectations with using gunplay and even with the guns we wanted to make those as simple to use as possible it was it's not a game about shooting it's a story game where shooting things happens to be a part of it. And it's a mix. If you remember in, in one of the, uh, in one of the stories, I won't say which one you don't even get a weapon until three quarters of the way through it, you know, because it's not about that. It's really, but that is there to, to satisfy this urge to, okay, finally, I'm going to let these, I'm going to, I'm going to go John McClane. You know what I'm saying? Like, yippee it's now time for me to save uh, Tanaka Plaza. You, there's, a, there's a twist, though, on this, and you know the twist, but yeah. you don't have to make these decisions. I don't know if you knew this. Yeah, I think there's some notes that reference that. Uh, okay. That, there are decisions that, to be made that you can make or can't make. Well, sometimes I it has a, 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 sometimes it makes a difference on the, in the outcome. Mm, see, I didn't go through it again. And we were talking about this off air. I go, do you think there's multiple endings? Uh, and I think you would say like, no, they, they probably pushed you in that one direction. And I was like, ah, just some of the things that they were saying at the end. And some of those notes. Yeah. Shit, we I don't expect I, people uh, to explore these multiple endings. We don't expect people to, to explore. They're there. Go ahead. I, I'm I sorry. Have, I'm talking too much. No, 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 Jeez, not this at is, all. I'm, I'm like, our, our gut was saying that. There, there was something more, and even we probably missed the obvious. Oh, and I'm, I'm like dying to go back into that that chapter because 
Listen, it's not, I, I want to say it's not like amazing. It's not like the 4th of July <laughs> ending, you know what I mean? But it's, it's, um, it's a slightly, slightly different. We're, we're still pushing you towards the end of the story. The end mm-hmm. of the story is the end of the story, but the, the circumstances that happened may be slightly different. So okay. that's, and, and again, it's not something to like, you know, public, you know, you know, tell CNN about, but it's, it's, <laughs> but it's, uh, but it's like, it's there and it's for, it's like a little like, oh, that's, that's, that's clever. You know, it, you know, all three stories are connected, right? And I heard you guys talking about that. Yep. And it, I don't know if we the, mentioned the, that they were connected, though. but I think we referenced that they wrapped them all up together. Yes, nice. Yes. I think that that's how we worded it, but I think we did reference something along. So we'll just them. say they're connected. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they, they, they're tangentially connected. They're not necessarily they all exist on the same time in this dimension. They all exist on the same timeline. There was even something in chapter three. I already know what you're saying that I was like, who am I now? It just I went into one room and it fucked with me so bad. I was like, now I don't understand the story at all. I was like, whoa, am I this person or am I this person? Okay, I I know the room you're talking about. And that decision was pocket money's decision. And I think it's really cool. Um, That character who you're playing in that particular story is actually referenced in the first story. Okay, so that that is what I was thinking. Then I was like, "Who?" I was like, "If I'm who I think I am right now, you wow, can actually go nice... into that character's office in the first story." I don't know if you found that. Yes, I found the uh, I found his office, but I didn't explore it enough, uh-huh. like and paying attention to each detail because you know it's different once you know the ending. You know, you know what to yeah. go back. Did and you look see for. his stuffed pet in that office? Mm, no, he had a stuffed pet on on a shelf in his office, and he also. Oh. Oh yes, I yes, and I it, yeah. it would it look it follows you. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and that the headle, the headle that uh, that thing. Oh yes, don't say what it is. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, but at that and also if you look and I'll tell it's you in this, this thir- it's in the it's in another episode. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. yeah. In this, the other episode, not the first one. And that's supposed to tie that character. And what happened was, if you read on his desk, he's talking about he hates his job and he wants to go mm-hmm. work, and he actually had an offer to go work for. This, um, the uh, Brit- uh, British space program or something like that. So there is, because he's a, he's a, or he's a, uh, it's Rod, no, Rod, no, Rod. Uh, I can't, not that guy, not that guy, but a different guy went to work for the. Uh, but there, and you, the, I think his book's even in the office too. It right? is in, it is in the office. Yeah. I Did caught you, that. Have you, have you guys watched that show on, I don't know if you watch have Apple TV and not a lot of people do, but this show called mythic quest. No. Oh man, it's about it's about a video game company making a video like a World of Warcraft style video game and all the crazy characters in the company and one of them is F Murray Abraham who plays a writer of and he's like this grandiose great he sees himself as the great romantic writer of of his day he's writing video games which <laughs> you know but he's really hamming it up and that's kind of like what we we based that a little bit on that character who then you get to see a little bit later who uh, who you are in in a later episode. So they're all tangentially connected. We don't expect people to see these. We want these to exist on their own. But if you find these connectors, all the better. Uh, if you don't, no big deal. And we want someone to play these games even if they have no exposure and love them even if they have no exposure to the Twilight Zone prior to this. 
I'd say mission accomplished. Yeah. I mean, we're over here. We're mind blown. Cause like, you know, we piece some together clearly, but not all of it, but that, that's, that's even better. Well, written. <laughs> even, even wait. Oh my God. Phenomenal. Hats off. I'm excited for, for more episodes and, and mini sods and shit. We don't know if the new ones are going to have be in the same uh, in the same dimension necessarily. Mm-hmm. These may all exist on a different in a different time and place, but we're, we might actually try to tie some things. <laughs> no, I get it. You don't want to like limit yourself by you know forcing that restriction. But if it if it it's works, fun to find it's fun to find the connectors. And you mentioned like episodes that we threw away or. Do you remember? Well, there's a place in in one of the episodes where you can actually find old discarded shows, episodes that we were trying to do. It's in episode three. Ooh, I think I missed that. Yeah. Well, anyway, there's a place there's a place there in in, in one area um, where you can find scraps of ideas that we that we were 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 episode ideas or new ideas for next for next season that we either threw away or we discarded or so that's a little inside baseball, but, but uh, spending uh, a lot of time in episode three after this interview, I promise. (laughs) Well, anyway, Uh, yeah, no good, good little, uh, Oh man. No, it's loaded with little Easter eggs. It's I'm, you know, I I think this is going to be exciting to watch this game as it progresses for sure. I don't even want to call it a game because it's more than just a game. I wouldn't call it an experience because it's more than just an experience. It's not a cinematic experience. No, it's its its own unique little genre for sure. Did you guys call it a walking simulator in your review? No, that wasn't us. Oh, I don't know if that's a derogatory term. I mean, some, some like someone will say like, Oh, it's a puzzle game. The first one is like, uh, Oh, it's it's stealth, but yeah, it is a stealth game. We we made it a stealth game, a, 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 you know, a one hour, a ninety or 70, 80 minute stealth game. Episode two is completely different. You know, it's no stealth involved. It's more suspense, and I really loved in your podcast that episode two got under your skin because, <laughs> man, it gets under mine too. That is, I, it's so much to the fact that I got so tired of. Do you know you can use the cans? To trigger the those things that that ambush you? No, I was just uh, I figured out what object they were on the ground, like where they were coming out of, and I would just kind of like walk as close as I could to trigger it. They're random. Shoot it. Did you notice that sometimes they go off and sometimes they don't? They're random. Yes, I I I figured some of them were like fake ones, so you couldn't (laughs) get the the hang of it. But it's just they're just totally. Okay. They change from gameplay to gameplay to because we don't we hate for people to run patterns. We don't want an episode in the first story. You cannot run patterns. In in two, you're still have a play. You're moving from point A to point B, but in those areas, you can't run a pattern because it changes. You know the the uh, three is not there. Aren't too many patterns for those. But but for 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 two definitely, and so there's all these like bean cans. And if you look on the if you look at the whiteboard in the first episode, you'll notice it says Happy Holidays, and then there's a little thing there that says like use the cans to trigger blah blah blah. And it was a game design mechanic that they were working on in the first game. It's actually that takes place. <laughs> oh, I I love the amount of effort. 
that <laughs> someone would have to put in to pull way off. too much right well, we did yeah. way too like, much you, yeah like technically it let's pretend none of it existed the game still works great it's yeah. a phenomenal game nobody we would be not- the wiser but to yeah. throw all these deliberate things in not just one not two but a bunch of different things well it's not a game you need to play real like it's over crazy. and over again but it gives <laughs> really good rewards that you know somebody's not going to notice all these in one playthrough but no. you might notice a couple more on playthrough too maybe another one on you know the third time you go and visit or you watch a friend play and you're when, like oh my when God. i went and clicked on the button that said extras on the, mm-hmm. the screen and was reading that's when it hit me i'm like hey there's no way i'm gonna figure all this out there's <laughs> yeah. no way so we figured maybe three maybe three if you really worked at it you might mm-hmm. be able to pull it off but yeah then depending on where some of these items are like in the second mission mm-hmm. they can stay there i'm probably not gonna, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. a couple of them. for some reason i got like I got way too into it for some reason. Yeah, it gives that uneasy stomach feeling and not because was, of like motion anxious. sickness. Yeah, I think I said I was very anxious. And then um it's the breathing, it's the head, it's yeah, the mask. It's like you know the and then certain words come up every now and then, which cause you a little more anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my mm-hmm. god, this is like and then also the the coloring of the environment, just oh, yeah. that filter. Oh yeah. So it's like prolonged exposure that Apoplectic, you're like, yeah. Oh my god, I'm 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 getting anxious. And uh you had mentioned like you can't do patterns so i didn't even know that about episode two that they didn't pop up the the same spot every time that's cool but i want to give a lot of props for the ai in episode one without telling exactly what he does the ai of the enemy in episode one is i mean yeah you're not fooling it it's 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 stealthy so somebody's looking for you and there's a couple times where like he's checking behind cars he's like i'm like wow dude this (laughs) motherfucker is really looking right now Mm-hmm. There's even a couple times I thought I was super well hidden in the corner, and then I see him coming around. I see him look at me, and I'm like, "Uh oh, I'm found." Used, used to be harder. Used to really? be harder, <laughs> and um, and that was not fun yeah. because <laughs> it it crossed over from being a challenge to just being this is this this is painful painful. Yeah, so uh, we didn't used to have save points either, so. Uh, you can imagine like starting, starting back oh, no. in the thing and getting so far, you know, that first elevator that you get to, it should be like, you should be sighing like a sigh of relief. Like I made it like, but, um, yeah, but, but anyway, I'm glad I heard somebody when in your podcast, you said something else that I really loved something about movies. How many times do you go back and watch a movie? One of you guys said that, I think, that I think been. yeah. And I thought that was a really interesting comment because that's you know what we're doing is everybody wants replayability replayability and that is good and 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 that's why we put trophy you know uh we put achievements and trophy seeking things in there and all that but but also we are creating we are telling a story and that's important to tell a story and once the story is told the story is told so you the same reason you don't you, if you really love a movie you maybe you'll go back and watch it once or, tw- or twice or three times but you know you, 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 right now, you know, you go see the new, uh, the new Nope, the new uh, Jordan Peele film. You're going to pay. I don't know how much it is in Massachusetts, but it's about, you know, in L.A. where I where I came from, it was that's about a twenty twenty five dollar ticket to go and sit for two hours in the movie theater. And that's kind of what we're that's the value prop, prop proposition we're going for with this stuff as an entertainment medium. And um, yeah, no, I oh, think that's a, hopefully that's people a- take to it. That's a very no, fair no, comparison. The price point is um, it, I mean, come on, twenty bucks. Yeah, 
very affordable. But uh, we had referenced before. And I, I think we figured at least six hours. Yeah. Unless, six hours of gameplay. It, I, I wouldn't say an hour. If you're doing an hour per episode, I'd be shocked. Yeah, I want to talk to you. I'll, I'll have you on the podcast for an interview because <laughs> that, they, you know, episode one probably took me three hours. Episode two was probably like, geez, two, two and a half. So even six hours is like six hours for 20 bucks is being generous. And yeah, that's a, that's a lot of content for that price. Well, gamer dude, three, five, seven on the store uh, <laughs> says he beat it in 30 minutes. So I don't know how you guys, why it took you guys so long, but in his one star review, he said he beat it in 30 minutes. Yeah. So uh, sometimes we like to read through the one star reviews and we go, there's no way it's impossible. Yeah. We've seen that happen with deliberately another game. It was like 16 hours to finish no matter yeah. what. And someone's like, I finished it in 45 minutes or an hour. And, and the developer like, honestly even responded to it. And in his developer response, he was like, honestly, I, I get think you it might was not an have... hour of cutscenes. Yeah. You know, uh, it might've been a uh, iron guard yep. tower defense game. I think it was <laughs> takes so long to finish. Dude comments like I beat it in an hour and the developer even responded like, you know, I can understand if you don't like the game. That's completely fair. But just to be honest, you did not beat it in an hour. (laughs) Being real. But, but, you know, worst game ever, you know, like and then and and um, no, it's not the worst game ever, my friend. There's much there's (laughs) but there's also what people don't realize is the, the, the people behind. I mean, these guys in pocket money games, man, they are in fact, they're working tonight. As we're talking, they're in England working at what time is it in England? Three, four o'clock in the morning. They're working to push out a patch that they really want to get out for the weekend, which is a whole new graphical update uh, and some serious. Because uh, when someone says terrible graphics or whatever, a lot of people love the graphics, but that one gamer dude 357 says graphics are crap. Well, that, that's fallen on like really sensitive ears on the development team. And they're like, well, Let's prove that we can do this. And so they're up all night working. But I don't think they people realize the praise is great too, man. The praise just fills us with, oh, it's those five-star reviews. And it's like, okay, well, we can let's do them, let's do more. Let's bring more. Let's, but but um, those those ones just kind of are like a rock in your shoe. They get bigger and bigger and bigger the further you walk through the process. And eventually you just want to take the shoe off, you know. Um, so I don't know if people realize that there are people on the other end of that sometimes, but um, anyway, that's, that's we're, one we're, of the, uh-huh. we've actually seen that issue before where sometimes people just need to remember that it's human beings that are actually making the product. Yeah, it's and, not a robot on and the worked other hard for years to, to do it. And you know, that's why we kind of spoof on the, the bad reviews. Cause it's so bad sensitive. It's, yeah. Uh, there's really no such i haven't seen any example where something deserves a one-star review especially on the official store if you're going to say graphics then if you're saying that those graphics are one star i just yeah what's a what's 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 good graphics on the quest then you know what's a freaking three star to you then or i don't know it's crazy yeah well anyway it's okay i mean the system we've set up is we've enabled people to speak their mind which i think is really good we learn a lot from those reviews we go through them and we read them and we love that people are telling us what they think whether they loved it what they what they really loved what they didn't care for as long as it's like a respectful dialogue i mean in fact we invite people onto our discord say hey okay we we want to hear more about what you feel come talk to us. And, and a, I think a player did that yesterday and we had like a great conversation 
with understanding what their expectations were and how we maybe didn't meet those expectations and what we could do in the future to either change those expectations or, uh, or, or try to meet them. And because they were, they're representative of, uh, of the, the audience and we are entertainers trying to reach an audience and we're doing this for them. I mean, obviously for us, cause we're running a business, but we also are trying to, you know, every, you know, but we're not a mega corporation. We're some guys working, you know, out of uh, second bedrooms and uh, uh, and girls working, you know, and 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 dorm rooms and uh, you know, you name it, uh, uh, garages, you know, got there and everything. So, no, I, well, it's definitely not one star worthy. I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll say that right now. There was no, there was no part of well, the the mechanics. The well, and I think exactly what Doug said before too. It's like, hey, if you have an actual criticism or like, hey, here's something I'm an issue with or something I didn't like, yeah. there's respectful ways to say that. And I don't think anybody can really complain about, Finish you know, in honest minutes, bro. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to complain about honest feedback. It's when you see the toxic comments that it your goes battery on. would die before you could finish <laughs> this game. how you, you got a 30 minute battery so and people people can rate it right can can be in a have a bad mood i mean in fact someone told us the other day i just had a bad day i'm sorry i said that i was in a, I had a hard day at work and <laughs> da, da, da. okay i totally get it i have hard days at work too and uh but that but it was really nice to hear because we got to remember that they're not just like these are also people spending money on on and looking for it to be wild looking to be thrilled you know, looking to be exhilarated and that's our job to try to make that happen. So, uh, yeah, that's the way, anyway, we look at it from our, from our kind of through our, our rose colored glasses. Um, well, that's that. Well, I think I just, I'll, I'll go on records. Everybody should feel proud of what they put out. You know, I don't think, yeah. I, don't, I don't think there was, <laughs> I think anybody should feel like they didn't do enough for, you know, one star comments or not. They definitely don't need to be up at 4 a.m. pushing out a, a graphical update. <laughs> definitely as the consumer, I'll appreciate it. But yeah, I think that that speaks a lot. And, you know, your your outlook on getting, you know, feedback and, and their work ethic, I think that speaks a lot to like that perfectionism. Oh, I'm excited for the future, for sure. You know, well, but they can breathe. They, they an example, like one, one, we had one um, re- review, uh, one um, uh, per, uh, customer who gave us a two-star rating and said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, hearing impaired and I can't play the game. Two stars. And we don't have subtitles in the game. We didn't do that specifically because we felt like subtitles kind of pulls you out. These, these floating words on the, in, in the, on the screen kind of, that's not the experience we wanted to make. And that's why you don't see items that are interactable hot with like highlights around them and things like that, because that's a design choice. That's a creative choice that we talked a lot about. We decided not to, but after hearing this, um, this feedback about from a hearing impaired, we're like, you know what? Everybody should be able to enjoy this game. Hearing impaired left-handed. We just rolled out a left-handed update the other day, 10% of the popular, I think it's 10% of the population is left-handed. Now they can play. They can move properly. And so this new update coming out among a, hu- a hundred other things. Um, and I don't know if it's coming out of this update or the next one, but is a, is a very unique subtitle, uh, 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 subtitle system that are act- is actually organic to the game. That isn't just floating text on the screen, but actually appears in game. So like things like that were taken really seriously. And that's why we love to hear feedback from people because we, it made us think, the two-star review stunk, but 
but it made us it, well, it made us sit up and like this is something that we need to address. You know, another case of point is one of our play testers said was an African American woman and and said, you know, it really took me out of it that it was just white hands. And I couldn't, I played through the whole game and I couldn't just, I kept thinking, look at these white hands in front of me. So we put a skin, uh, so we put a slider in there. It was an easy, easy thing to do. And although it's uh, like, it's a, there's a spectrum that you can choose from, but we're, it's not going to exactly get to where we want to be on that. I mean, what, what they're looking for, but it's getting us closer towards that goal of, may, of, of deepening that immersion. And now on the new update, we had a cut, we have a post effect that's applied to the whole game and we're taking the post effect off that. So those skin tone shades are a little bit more true to true to color. Uh, so we, we, we take this feedback really seriously, you know, and we want everybody to love the game and enjoy the game. That's like, honestly, our, that's what makes us so happy. I think that's a great example of what, you know, well-written, honest, constructive feedback gets. It's like, yeah, what else is cool is if. That complaint almost says like I want to feel as immersed as possible, and I'm yeah. not going to do that if I have white hands. And it's not a I hate the game complaint. It's no. the same with the hearing impaired. I just want to be I'm... more. I want to feel like it's really me in it. So yeah. that's a good thing. It's a I want to yeah. enjoy the game the same as everybody else type. You yeah. know. So that's that's really good. Really good reaction to that type of feedback. I mean, uh, Doug, we've kept you for quite a while now. I yeah. always feel feel bad, you know, holding these developers hostages and publishers hostage, we do. <laughs> you know, but we do it anyway. You guys are, you guys are always, you know, you guys are superheroes in our book in the sense that VR is not huge. You kind of referenced it before. There's not AAA studios, but the studios like fun train, like resolution game, like vertigo games, fast travel and dreams. In my eyes, like you guys are the ones carrying the torch right now. You guys are the ones paving the path. Laying that foundation. I mean, you're our triple A games, you're our EA and Activision. <laughs> and I don't think it's right. <laughs> well, it's true. And you know, people sometimes go, Oh, you know, where's Rockstar? Where's EA? You know, where's uh Ubisoft coming to VR? And it's like, I'll be honest with you, they put out, you know, I see them coming out with a VR game. I'm gonna be infinitely more excited for a resolution games, a vertigo games, a fun train. Because you guys have already proven yourself. And, you know, sometimes these established publishers and developers coming over to VR isn't always the best product. Anyway, we noticed so. Ubisoft just pulled out of Splinter Cell today. Yeah, I, I've I saw seen that. That, that news a whole bunch. And it's like. Although I do have faith in Rockstar. Yeah, you know, I love they were, the they were franchise. Just, so I'm I, just going to say. I Grand saw your face going yeah, up a little like, bit. You like, know. you know, we'll just leave Rockstar yeah, but, out of that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys play? Can I just ask you what you play? For fun, I know you guys have a show that reviews stuff, but what do you, when you, when the two of you just want to enjoy VR and forget that your podcasters or forget that your reviewers, what do you play? Oh, that's so a great question. Usually, definitely, it's multiplayer. Definitely, we do some pop one because we like that competitive team act. Like when they come out with duos for pop one, we're always excited. Yeah. Um, we do a lot of cards and tankards. We've cards been doing take bowling. Bowling. We've been doing a lot of wands alliance recently. Yeah. Right. Things that we can play cooperatively together is always our go-to. And even even Contractors. Um, Twilight Zone, we played it. You know, obviously it's not multiplayer, but we were in party chat together. Mm-hmm. We just wouldn't allow each other to give any like spoilers or, you know, oh, dude, make sure you do this for this to happen. Or, but generally, we we like the co-op aspect. Yeah, anything right. we can play together. Yep. Although we I'll did let- enjoy um, Madrid Noir the movie yeah but in terms of like what we usually go oh for our own time yeah yeah Yeah. it's it's always pop one wands cards and tankards anything pop one one, my family i get my i have i have family spread out i have somebody in ball in maryland 
I guess, uh, in North Carolina, in um, New York. Um, typically, no, it's Friday night tonight, and it's not happening because of this. But typically, we uh, we get on and we uh, we uh, squad up, and uh, three of us, whichever three of us can make it, or if we're lucky, we get four people and we can have a, de- a really good demio game. And Demio is like, if you guys haven't played Demio, it's oh, like that was actually our first ever episode. That's, we got a, uh, we got oh, the, wait, we got the wait. board, we get the cards. Okay, good. So yeah. that is like the, that's the the perfect example of a social game of a co op game. Just let your hair down, have a good time. Even real VR fishing is great. great if you, yeah. you want to just chat, and I I know I'm talking about these other people's games, but. I love I love those games, and I love that they're making those types of games. And if I want to go and chat with somebody in real VR fishing, we'll just go and we'll see. We'll turn it on hard mode so you can't see the fish, and you just <laughs> you know I gotta love to fish anyway. So it's it's fun. Or or um, even you know pro putt is also a great time with or walkabout. Oh, plus, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, yeah, uh, or yeah, it's golf plus now, right? Yeah, you no, know? we we reviewed it the first time when it was top golf with pro putt too. So t- in my brain, it's always that. I hope you guys review Terminus if you haven't played Terminus together, because that's a co-op game and they just came out with an expansion. Uh, but Terminus is a horror co-op game. It's and it's not, you know, how, you know how like Arizona Sunshine have co-op mode, but it's kind of like what is, you know, you kind of like the peak, your characters are walking all weird, like you're all, yeah. and you um, we, we've been talking about wanting one of these games. We haven't played Terminus yet, but now I, I you know, I just saw Stratus uh, right down. I think we're going to have to. We've been wanting a horror game cooperative, but we're so scared. Terminus is fun. It's a, Terminus is fun. You could do it. It's not that. I mean, it's 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 strange. There's slow slow zombies, but there's a bigger some bigger things in there. But Terminus is a fun big world that you can walk and explore together. You know, it's kind of like it feels like Onward Underground. Uh, yeah, you guys, I th- you might you might enjoy it for a little while, but I love uh, we. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad to hear you guys playing. Like that's what we feel like. We feel this is really going. Our next games are all going to be focused on a social experience, co-op and onward. Because uh, father and son playing together is like perfect. Like a brother and a sister, or two brothers, or or a mom and her son, or you know, do call two college buddies want to stay home for the night and go on an adventure together, like. I can't wait for a dungeon crawler, like like d- d- whatever. What's that dungeon crawler that's pixelated? Uh, deepest dungeon, darkest dungeon. Uh, On VR, uh, ancient dungeon. Ancient dungeon. <laughs> I mean, I can't I can't wait for that. Step it up a level to like cosmophobia level, uh, or cosmo dread. What am I talking about? Cosmo dread level co op go on an adventure together. I think that's and that's what we're trying to do with our sequel to the exorcist and we have a couple other things in development and we're looking at those models because yeah, I think that's where it needs to go. And and rather than just be, have multiplayer games where you try to kill each other, although that's fun as heck, you know, especially flying and, and all the weapons and the swords and the zone grenades and all that. But, but I, I, uh, we want more like experiences that you can, experience together and you can create a sense of place and a sense of memory you've got you can remember where you were when this thing happened and that's that place doesn't exist it's just ones and zeros and it's a world that's created around you that you remember it creates like a real place memory in your head so awesome yeah i'm excited for this 
like like you said a good ride father and son in vr it's fun it's like you know we don't live together we're here right now recording together but we don't live together so it's like to be able to throw on the headset you know we live miles away from each other and oh there you are you give the knuckle love you know it's like usually give the good night hug you know it's like let's go on a little adventure tonight so yeah you're you're right that's that's where vr i think shines the most and i didn't expect that when i got into vr i thought it would just be like typical gaming to me where you know flat screen gaming where i didn't veer towards multiplayer no i was always a single player offline gamer the experiences are usually so good in vr it's like you want to share it with somebody you want you know and you're looking around nobody can see inside your headset but you so Uh, you guys have a new this dynamic of your relationship not to get too weird about this is so new it's so 21st century a father and a son you guys could be out in the out in the front lawn throwing the baseball Right. Yeah. Or you could, you know, play and catch or going hunting or whatever fathers and sons do. I go fishing with my father because he, he, you know, but you guys are going into playing VR together. I think that's so awesome. And I think that's such a sign of the times and it's uh, you're going to have these memories forever, you know, and uh, man, I just, I think that's, that's incredible. I love the dynamic that you guys have set up and I hope you are able to continue doing this and, and uh, grow it into something that, you know, sustains you. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's that means pretty a lot. much. Yeah, that's huge to hear. No, I mean, you hit the nail on the head too, because it's like we we do other things, father and son too. And hey, we spend a lot of time podcasting together, obviously playing games, going out. But I mean, it's it's pretty cool. It's nine p.m. We both got out of work, and it's like, do you want to fish? Sure, we can both throw on our headset. And we can fish at nine p.m. Yeah, in yeah. in Asia somewhere. We can go fish in Korea. Where you know, go they, play they, mini golf. Yep, and it's yeah. like. Would we go do that? After, cool. Yeah, it's like, would we do that after work on a Tuesday night? No, it'd probably be, oh, I'll see you next weekend, or I'll see you, you know, two weeks from now. Or, mm-hmm. but with VR, we can see each other nightly and do these other activities. And yeah, it's it's a lot but of fun. We're we're and we get a lot of inside information from from um you know up from the from um, Meta and what's not to you know. This is all stuff that they've already talked about publicly, more or less, or insinuated. But there's going to be a point in time in our near in the near future where you're going to be able to cohabitate. Is that word? Cohabitate the same space virtually in a in your home. Hey, Dad, come over to the house. He puts on his headset, and there's a representation of him in the house, and vice versa. Or maybe you can game together in one of these environments. You know. Uh, it's going to be really neat. Like, yeah, they actually did drop the shared home environments. I think it's still rolling out like as the updates, you know, yeah. how Oculus is rolling. Updates, but, but yeah, have. even in my pass-through mode, he can, yeah, you can appear yeah. in my, we, we my That's room. right. The shared and home screen. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. I was going to say they have a couple of them, but what's even crazier is if you have pass-through on, mm-hmm. you see the person who's in your party in your room in pass-through. They can't see your environment. They see their own pass-through, but it's like, whoa, bro, you're standing in front of my my couch i just i love the idea that i mean we're blessed because you know take a 15 minute drive and we can see each other when we want but you know some people three thousand miles away Mm -hmm. but you put that headset on and you're you're there i mean it's is your voice your your body language when you're clowning around so when we get to a place where we're not cartoon characters oh yeah yeah that is going to be like a real game changer when we have when we're somewhat where the representations of ourselves are somewhat closer or what the representations of the selves that we want to portray us are a little bit more formed and a little bit more maybe recognizable on an ongoing basis. That is when things are going to start to get interesting. And I think it's going to be as big as the telephone, what the telephone did to connect 
people across the country or across the world. I see this. And unfortunately, we're making we're, we're, we're entertainers, you know, we're making video games and horror games. And, but I, I, I'm so excited for the technology in general, just to bring people closer together and, you know, to have, you know, even, you know, world leaders standing in the same room together virtually is going to do, be, do great things. I think if it, if, if we don't screw it up, right. If we don't like, if we don't go down, you know, if we don't commercialize this too much, or somehow wall it off too much. Uh, but anyway, no, I, I think I you're digressing. I no, think you're, you're, I think you're spot on with that, but I, I also see a lot of like educational institutes investing into virtual reality, medical institutes kind of dipping into the VR. So, I mean, the teeth are probably going to get sunk in too deep to, to, stop to just shake it off. Yeah. yeah. No, like it's, it's the, the, the momentum has started just the mainstream momentum's not there, but it's, I think each new person that gets turned on to it, it could be for, you know, I mean, I look at the future of VR and to, to know that I could like really maybe watch a movie with real, what looks like real actors. And I'm in that freaking movie. That's like been one of those childhood dream type things to like be in the movie or be in the cartoon or be in the TV. And, I, and I, we're not too far away. I don't think from pulling stuff like that off. Well, so volumetric I mean, video. There's a company called, I, I, I'm actually friends with, uh, her name's Christina Heller, and she runs this company called MetaStage. And there, there's many companies doing it, but they're one of the bigger ones. And they do volumetric capture, volumetric video capture. And these are pre-recorded volumetric video performances. However, there's going to be a time as, as you know, with network, with bandwidth increases and whatnot, where volumetric capture live streamed is definitely going to be on the horizon. So in, in, in terms of cell phones, like remember the flip phone? Like there was pagers oh, yeah. and then there was like, and then there was just the regular phone. The, like the little Nokia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've still yeah. got a Blackberry uh, uh, praise. I, I wish I could get uh, my carrier to activate it, but they won't. Um, <laughs> but um, then there was the flip phone. Oh, Razor. and then, and yeah. then there's of course the, now the smartphone. I think we're kind of in the flip phone phase mm-hmm. uh, or maybe we're at the regular cell phone phase, not the pager phase. Cause that was the freaking cardboard that you held on your face to look at, Oh, you know, look at VR through this piece of cardboard. But now we're like to a, to a, to a, like maybe somewhere cell phone, regular cell phone or car phone or flip phone somewhere in there. Uh, but there's so much more to go. I mean, we're not to the iPhone 10 version of VR or XR yet. And that's exciting. I think we're going faster and faster and faster to get to there. Uh, I, I can't wait. I, uh, there's a saying I stole from the mixed martial arts community because they used to always say about this about like the UFC and you know the early 2000s mid 2000s. I think it's where VR is now. It's we're in the leather helmet phase of like where the NFL was. You know, we're playing right. football without helmets. Is no it pads? No pads. It's not a popular sport. It's not this worldwide sensation. It's not. It, it, it's guys playing football with no pads and it's unmarketable. But wait, it's going to be the world it's going to be one of the biggest sporting events in the world. And that's what VR is going to be too. I think. And our job leather helmet face. Yeah. Your job as podcasters and reviewers is to stay alive (laughs) until, you know what I mean? As keep your, keep your, keep your, keep that, keep the, keep the fires burning until we, we get there. And our, our job as a company making these games is to make sure we can stay in business long enough for it to reach that uh, the critical mass is growing but we got we just it just hang on because you've seen so many companies go under you know but i well you mentioned fast track you forgot cloudhead games 
but but Cloudhead is like one of the OGs, and I really like think they're cool. But like those those companies like Fast Travel, these are the ones that have weathered the storm and and are able to hold on to that piece of driftwood. And finally, the sun, the clouds are starting to part. You know, and 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 you know that's us too, but on a smaller level. So I'm really excited for for where this is all going, and the survivors are going to be even stronger for sticking to it, like you well, guys. I, I really hope that the consumers and the VR fan base, you know, when when Ubisoft does make a VR game, when when Rockstar hops in, when EA and Activision, when, when, you know, Respawn maybe comes back after the Medal of Honor, you know, I hope we don't, you know, the consumers don't push aside the developers and the studios that have been there since day one, since 2016, that, that you know, really carried the industry and kept it moving. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hope the the consumer continues to embrace, you know, the studios that put in the work when nobody was watching, because that's. I'm going to be sad if, you know, EA comes in and now it's, oh, you know, forget all the little guys because no, to me, it's the little guys are the one who got us here. Let's, let's keep focused on them. You know, EA is a huge, huge monolithic organization. They cannot, I mean, this is all about corporate inertia and they move at a snail's pace, right? Their, their development cycles are so long. Their budgets are so inflated. There's, there's, you know, there's a reason why they haven't come to swim in these waters yet because it's not profitable for them. And also they cannot, I mean, we turn around a title in about 18 to 24 months. That's on the long side for us. They, they, these guys can't. And by the time they, you put out a game, the hardware's already changed, right? The hardware's moving so quickly that like when we did Tarzan, there was no such thing as quests. And then Quest came out during Tarzan production, and we had to like pivot, like, oh crap, here comes Quest. Now we got to do it on this. And now we're doing Exorcist, and now, I mean, a Twilight Zone, and now here's PSVR 2 suddenly that now we have to like try to grab those dev kits and that hardware. And then, oh, Cambria, you know, and, and, and Pico 3, which I'm the Neo Pico with the Neo 3, I think is a really fantastic piece of hardware. So there's, it's all constantly moving. And for a big company to try to survive in that, with their budgets and with their inertia can be difficult. I've actually wondered that with some of the larger studios of they haven't come into the VR market because just the board meetings they'd have to have to talk about the game would cost more where that'd be more money spent than it would be that they'll make. So they're just upside down. And, the- and I think the magic happens with the smaller studio number that eight, 10, 12 people, once you start getting, 200 people working on something. I, I don't think that the magic's there in VR with those type of numbers. I think you need the... Well, we'll say, is I mean, it's going to grow to that point for a lot of these studios someday as they keep growing. So we say that now, but then that's almost saying that when they hit that, they're... I mean, if they still have that be, same level of passion, then I, I don't I think, think there's a problem, but I, I believe that it's up to the people who are doing the VR to have their, their audience, I'll say, captivated enough that they know that if this developer has their name on this product. There's an expectation. It's going to be good. Just like EA and rockstar have built up that brand that, I mean, and let's be honest, they, some of these companies could put out garbage and people are still going to go run to it because they have this mental expectation, but all these people laying this foundation today, you know, it, it's, it's really on them. You give a good product. It's like, if I see something for the twilight zone, it's a no brainer. I'm going to, I'm going to want it. I'm going to want to play it ASAP. Mm-hmm. Um, ignore that. And then, yeah, you could get shuffled right out. Make a bad yeah. game. I mean, in this environment right now, you make, 
you know, Tarzan wasn't a huge success for us, which is really disappointing, but there was a lot of factors involved with that, which I won't go into, but I, we're still very proud of the PC version of the game. We're very proud of the PlayStation, but that was what we considered a, a loss, you know, and probably don't, don't make a big deal about this in the headlines for the podcast, but that was like that. We're not like that. That gave me a lot of, like you mentioned the sleepless nights. So you can't have a couple, you can't have more than one of those, you know? So tw- there was a lot riding on us for twilight zone to make sure that it, we, we, it fired on all cylinders and that we were, we were bringing it. And that was important for us as a company and, you know, and for the longevity of fun train as a, like you said, as one of the kind of, that one of one of several pillars of the early days of the R. So we're happy, we're happy to be here and still be here. No, that's, that's I, huge. I'm, I'm, I think Twilight Zone deserves its recognition. Yeah, for sure. I feel bad because I went to go let Doug go maybe like an hour ago at this point. I, I, oh, I yeah. I don't know how long your podcast is going to be, but I, I can we can we can we no, can say something. We could have discussed that at the start, but, no. you know, we'll just yeah, drag you, it out three hours. <laughs> no big deal. Uh, you're you up know, for an all-nighter <laughs> eat, up, eat up your pop one play in time you know which i i totally get how that's just there's one last question that I, that's eating at me before we let you go and, and wrap things up shoot which episode was your favorite mm. of the three on twilight zone oh on twilight zone um it's always tough when it's you're in in the the factory making it you know yeah, they're so man. That's I know. I, I don't have an I, on Exorcist. No problem. I have no problem telling you which one's my favorite, which is number three, Skin Deep. Um, but as far as um, this one, probably three. Probably three, just because I know where it started and where it ended and it has a special place in my heart because it's like that like i mentioned we threw like that episode away and and really went back to the drawing board very late in the game like very late in the process like this early december and it's almost like you rest that 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 rescue you get at the pound like you you feel like you know that's that's the one you really got to look out for because you pulled him out of the pulled him out of the um you know out of the gas chamber and now he's your he's your buddy. That's my that's my buddy. Like episode three is my buddy. Uh I think so. But man, they're all like episode one blew me away when I first when they first showed me and didn't tell me. And the, the expectation that it sets and the and the expectation that it circumvents. That that's it's about ego. Really, it's that the, the germ of that idea started off about ego and about building yourself up to be this like hero and then it coming back and biting you in the ass. Uh, but that one, that one also blew me away. Like, I don't know. And then two, I'm a huge Fallout fan. So I like got a that major, right major Fallout fan. So two, like I think you mentioned, one of you guys mentioned, or somebody mentioned in one review, I can't remember, said two has a little kind of a quad which is a huge compliment because we're nowhere near that. So whoever said that, thank you. But it gave me a sense of like, oh yeah, like it, there's a, t- there's, there's a feeling around that. You can almost feel the heat. You can feel the, the, you can feel the danger right outside that thin fabric and right outside that glass. And uh, that's it. So it's hard for me to pin down, man. I'm not giving you a straight answer. No, I if get you, it. If it's- you held a gun to my head and say, give me your favorite right now, I'd say three. 
it's, but yeah, that's, I, the, that's the one we that's the one we pulled out of the fire and um that's the one that really is mind-bending and vr should be you know you want that wow moment like yeah. I, i'm sure you guys what was your wow moment what was the time when you've heard of some people say the blue right with the whale some people say like the first time they use tilt brush but what is your like that moment you put on the headset and your your mind was just blown you you want to know the god's honest truth yeah my freaking home screen okay Cool. The, the, the main, on. the main when when you're in your mm-hmm. that your initial default, snap first, your default, and- yeah. Because I just thought I was gonna load in and look at something that looked like a computer screen. You instantly look at your controllers. You see your hands. And I um, I mean, I I just I think I spent like fifteen or twenty minutes just standing in the middle of a friggin' whatever it was like that future lodge or mm-hmm. made my fiance put the headset on and she's like, oh, okay, you know, it's cool, but I knew that. If this room is this cool, this immersive, right? And this is just basically a home screen, then it's got nowhere to go but up. I mean, I mean, this is, I mean, I, I remember text adventure games for the computer. So you sure. didn't even have graphics. It was your brain had to kind of, you know, I guess, you know, there would be a plant, you know, let's talk to the plant. So to like be Zork, to, you're talking about like Zork and things like that. Yeah, like pre-Zork probably. Oh, I used to do multi-user MUDs. I used to do MUDs and MUCs, and these are text-based. You would actually dial into a to a server, and it would be text-based. You know, at your at your prompt, you would type that stuff out. But I'm I'm there with you, Um, and that's cool. I totally buy that. That's the first time you felt. Yeah, so I was like, it. It's everything's gonna be, or or the first time I flew in Pop One. (laughs) Yeah, like didn't it? I don't know. For me, it was was, flying airplane. Yeah. When I flew an airplane, I'm like, this is just, this is crazy. And I'll take it over the top sometime. I'll put like a little fan in front of me. So I feel the air blowing (laughs) on me like I'm in an airplane, open cockpit. For me, it was definitely playing Thrill the Fight. Oh, boxing. I I load in first game I buy, Thrill the Fight, because why not? You know, it's VR. I got motion controls. Let's let's go. Let's go box a little. And like I load in, I go to box. I put my gloves up and homeboy is right in front of my face. Swinging. Swinging punch. I didn't have my brain didn't have any time to get immersed. It was instantly immersed. It was like, nope, you're in a fight. Let's go right now. Adrenaline, sweat. So I from that moment on, there was no looking back. Uh, I think for you, you had mentioned it was the Dos Equis guy. Yeah. As a commercial for beer. (laughs) <laughs> and that was, but that was like the first time I put a headset on and it was a 360 video and I was sitting in a chair. I was in like some, the lobby of some, because this is back when VR conventions were literally, they like rented out a church, uh, like, uh, you know, like banquet hall. And that's, and a lot of developers would come and like put up their little and show people the demos and stuff. But Dos Equis somehow was hip to it. And they had this little experience. I put on these big headphones and I put on this big DK one and I sat in a chair and the most and, and there's a party going around in 360 video and the most interesting man walks into the room and says walks right up to me and says welcome to my party um, I'm the most interesting man in the world and you're my guest and every it was a masquerade party so everybody had masks on in the masquerade party and I had a mask on because I could feel it and I'm just like oh this is so cool and then from that point on, you know, then tilt brush was the next moment for me when I was drawing things around me in three dimension. I was making art all around me. I was just like, this is mind blowing. That was like in 2016 and 17 or whatever. But now there's not too much. Population one changed the game for me too. And the flying, I totally am with you there. Totally with you. That sense of freedom. That's just the, be- to me, that's the best part of the game. Jumping out in the beginning, 
jumping out of that pod and talking to your talking to your brother like where are we going to land and how about cemetery oh no how about no there's too many people at cemetery let's let's move over you know it's like it's so fun it's just like it's exhilarating anyway that's Even cool my- i love to hear those stories of what the first one was yeah no i hey to be honest with you 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 beat us to the question usually that's something we ask uh Hmm. ask our guests but geez even in pop one the first time i climbed the tower because everybody the vertigo, who plays yeah sweaty every, palms everybody who plays pop one you have to know you oh my god there has to be something at the top of the tower spoiler that, there's nothing at the top of the tower isn't that but, the funniest that there's nothing i mean i think now there's a couple things like a banana up there or something but it was the like, biggest buzzkill ever christmas I put the christmas tree there you know people <laughs> knife fight fought up there when knives first came into the game mm-hmm. you know because they used to not have knives when that first happened there was some knife fights at the top of the tower but no huge buzzkill i thought there's gonna be something but i get to the top of it and i can feel sweat going down my hand i'm like oh dude i looked down i was like oh man i'm kind of feeling this they know the what they're they knew what they did they put oh, they God, intentionally yeah. created this <laughs> obstacle you you they should put a big frowny face up there, you know, or something <laughs> like, uh, yeah. like, sorry, you do, did all that work for nothing. How about that culvert? There's a little, there's a little culvert now in the game that you yeah, can go back new, into. The latest mm-hmm. update there. Yeah. You have you been in that thing? I went into the. I didn't know there was a a way through it. Are it's, we talking no, about like a, in the in one the, next are, to Metropolis? Oh, I thought you, I thought we were talking like the inside of the tower. I was going to say the inside of the tower has been. No, there no, there's a, a culvert. There's a metal cul- There's a, a concrete culvert. I think it's near cemetery actually. And uh, I'm trying to visualize. Or uh, if there's nothing there, don't, don't worry about it. It looks like the perfect <laughs> place for a gold weapon. There's nothing there. So we'll always get on the, we'll always get on the computer. Like we'll always get in on a squad and we'll say, Oh, who wants the, who wants the gold gun in the, in the culvert. So whatever randoms playing with is it goes down there and checks it out. We have, <laughs> we have a laugh, but um, anyway, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I uh, that's, well, that's up there with a, uh, if you flap your wings, you'll yep. fly faster. You'll fly. If you flap your arms, you'll fly faster. Everyone falls for that at least once. Uh, no, I mean, and overall, the community of, of virtual reality, although they can be very picky, I mean, I'll admit that we do that. We review something and then say, yeah, well, I want more. Um, it's generally speaking, it's a pretty damn good community. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people are in it for fun, not the toxicity of it, although there'll always be one percenters in, mm-hmm. in everything. But mm-hmm. as a whole, it's like community is a community. It's pretty damn cool. And I'll say don't sell your game short either because like there's a couple iconic moments in VR that I'd say you can put somebody in a headset and you know they, if they only got that scene they might be sold. You know one of those is Darth Vader walking up to you and Vader Immortal and you're face to face with Vader and he's he's taller than you. The scene where you find out it's an alien invasion in episode 3, that moment, you know, without saying exactly what happens just seeing all the aliens around, I think that I would consider that one of those moments because I stopped playing, shut off my headset and said, I'm not resuming this till he's ready because I was I was trying to do it without him. I was like, nope, this is too fucking cool. Oh, Took wow. off the headset. And I was like, no, I, th- I think that scene in, in episode three is one of those wow moments of like, oh, yeah, shit. no, you sent me a message saying I'm not playing anymore till I know you're on. <laughs> that's cool. Cool, cool that's stuff really, happening. That's, I love hearing that. I love hearing <laughs> that. And maybe we will be, in fact, I did an interview with Dread XP, which is some, uh, which is a website, a uh, gaming website. And it was so neat because the guy who interviewed me said, his name is Justin, I think. Gosh, I, he's going to kill me for not remembering. But he <laughs> said, my, I said, what was your first exposure to VR? He says, it was with you. I'm like, me? He goes, yeah. He goes, you put a headset on me at uh, the, um, at uh, the, 
the Toronto Gaming Expo in 2018 when you were showcasing Exorcist. And I went up to Toronto to do this gaming showcase where Oculus gave us a bunch of headsets. We put up a booth. We played Exorcist. And there was like a long line of people. And I was literally, because I was the only one working for the company at that time, and I was putting the headsets on everybody and taking them off and cleaning them and putting the, remember those iPads you used to, oh, you, you guys may not know this because you're just, you're new to Quest, but used to, people used to have like a, instead of a mask that you put on your face for COVID, you had a, I think for ocular herpes, because that was going around <laughs> VR. I, I didn't even know. I never caught ocular herpes, thank God. But Absolutely. they were talking about it. I still have VR face covers, but um, I put a headset on this guy and he says, yeah, I played Exorcist for the first time and I was blown away. And in, in, in the Toronto gaming show, it was called the, I can't remember what it was called, but uh, it was EGLX, EGLX, Electronic Gaming Show in Toronto. If you guys ever get a chance to go once it's, once conventions kick back up, it's a hoot. It's great. Uh, um, but uh, that, was, that was his experience. And that was so neat. That I was like, man, that was, I did that? Like, <laughs> that was cool. It was cool. And, and um, anyway. Yeah, you don't think of the butterfly effect that you might well, have, dude. but thinks the guy who designed the Dosaki's movie, that little 3D 360 video probably wasn't thinking that he was going to indirectly, you know, inspire somebody to go into VR and and now there's Twilight Zone VR and Exodus VR and Tarzan VR, but if I'm not sorry. that you uh, might not have ever gone that route. So who knows what you know, we're going to see from kids playing games, you know, that are 16, 17 and maybe on the cusp of going VR game development. You don't, we don't know the ripple effect going on right now. You know, that's so cool to think about. And if the Dos Equis man or woman or person that did that, it watches this podcast, reach out. So I want to thank you because <laughs> uh, that's, that was my first experience. And that was the moment that I knew that I want to get out of the film business as glamorous and as sexy as it seems. It's not. Uh, uh, I wanted to get out of that business and get into this business because it's the future. And that was the moment where I'm like, this is, I don't know anything about VR. I don't know anything about game development, but I'm a producer and I can do this. And so that's when it started. And I, you know, we got, we got the, got the team together and uh, got the licenses and just started, started hustle, just hustling. So. Well, I think the community's better off for it that you're yeah. not still in movies. Although <laughs> Monk is pretty damn good. Yeah. Like to we have said, on one of our resume. favorites. So <laughs> Tony, Tony, Tony is like one of my mentors and, I was actually assigned to him or when I started the show, I was actually an assistant to the executive producers on that show. Cause I start cause I hadn't worked in TV production before I was always on the studio development side. So I had to start off on the low, run, low rung when I first started, but I started off as Tony's uh, uh, Tony was an executive producer of the show. And I started off as his assistant, basically production liaison. So he and I shared a trailer for four years and, uh, he's like the, one of the greatest people ever and has my back so many times and, you know, and it has so much integrity and is just an incredible performer. Um, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. He's the nicest guy. You know, they ball. say, you always hear like Keanu Reeves and this is, I, I, I guarantee I, I challenge Keanu against Tony Shalhoub. Uh, really? yeah. Cause uh, okay. Tony's just like dope. So no, I, I can't think of anything I've ever seen him in that wasn't freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm saying he's a good person uh, in, on top of being a, a very highly trained, you know, uh, Yale, uh, Yale grad school performer. Uh, he's also um, he's also a really good dude. Good dad. That's awesome. And I'm a great, gonna, husband, I'm, great husband and everything. 
I think uh, just to celebrate, I might have to to watch a fire up uh, some monk. monk right before bed on the on tonight. So cool. well, you know, when you see shadows and somebody <laughs> pulling a stocking over their head, who it was now. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the guy in uh, episode. I forget that Mister Monk gets jury duty or something. I get my I got one of my lines was like something like, "Your Honor, we find the defendant not guilty." Uh, that was my big like joke <laughs> yeah. of a line. Like I got I stood up. So if you watch that one, you'll see me in the. Uh, that's my. I think that's my only speaking speaking line I had in the season. Uh, that, anyway, the plot line sounds familiar. Like I feel like I might have seen that one. Yeah, I saw you looking up. I was like, you yeah, might be figuring that one out. Yeah. Nonetheless, though, but I. Uh, so Doug, this was this was a blast. This we got to have Douglas back. On yeah. I, well, let's be real. I don't think that this is the end of Fun Train. Whether it's more minisodes, we have something next- big coming. We, I got, and I know that this sounds sounds that sounds super hypey and super like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It sounds like like I've got something big. I can't tell you, but truly, we have something that I'm really excited about. We have like a couple games in in that were that were in pre development. We'll put we get up and we get up and running. We see are they going to make a real game? But this one title we're going after this one license, like it, it's going to um, it's going to be incredible. I don't know how we're going to make it. <laughs> But I know that it's my dream, and uh, we're, I, if we get it, then we'll definitely have something to talk about in the future. If not, you won't hear from me. I'll just like, <laughs> fade away. I'll fade away. But uh, but um, uh, there's more happening. Twilight Zone coming. There's more Exorcist coming. Uh, there's uh, and then we have a big thing out there that I am. I'm on the hustle. All right. As soon as yeah. as soon as you make that announcement, we got to make sure we yeah. can get you back on ASAP. Then, whenever you sure. want to come back on, we got a spot for you. Yeah. Sure. Any anytime you're available for sure. Because I then. I could I know it's late, but I'm in my head. I'm like, I'm oh, I could chip. just keep talking. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I, I and I have a tendency to go on and on and on. And on. <laughs> so. uh, it it makes our life easy. You know, I'll definitely say that. And that's we have the same problem. That's how we ended up starting a podcast about VR. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and uh, I think we'll have to exchange some some friend code because that's the system pop one uses for people who don't play but yeah you know just invite people you have the the, the numbers code. yeah i'll send you whatever mine is it's an interesting system yeah what the heck yeah like i never even know like uh, like i yeah well, i don't know can, if mine they changes. can do better they yeah can do better <laughs> they can do better <laughs> but, with that but i but like well, that you can but i like you can fist bump the friends yeah, but knuckle of yeah, I box yeah. people in the lobby sometimes. So my friends list is just literally like 250 people, people I was just boxing with. Are you the guys like that a... just start shooting everything indiscriminately no, no, in the no, lobby? No, 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 okay, no, no. good. Well, I'll ask people if they want the hands maybe, but I don't I don't unload. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm the guy standing over in the corner waiting for the countdown to start. Like that's, I That's what I do. Yeah, you play yeah, with the jump like... pads now. <laughs> yep. I just yeah. run to a jump pad and fly in the air and just yeah. successfully hit them all or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay, uh, guys, that's no, it. We'll, we'll throw Friday. your dis- yeah, no, you too. But we'll throw your Discord link in the show notes in the app description. But you know, real quick, do you want to plug your your social media, fun train social media, anything like that? If any of the listeners want to, you know, stay tuned and follow along for for new updates. Sure. Okay. Thanks. That's nice. Um, well, we're we're fun train, and <laughs> our Twitter is fun train VR. Our Facebook is fun train VR. Our Instagram is fun train VR. Um, our discord is a bunch of random <laughs> letters and numbers. Yeah, I'll throw I have that no link idea. The, the show notes. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, um, you know, uh, the exorcist Legion VR is for sale on quest and PC and it's a cross by 
on, on the Oculus platform. And Tarzan is a cross-buy on both Rift and PC and PlayStation. Extras is on PlayStation and Twilight Zone is on brand new to Oculus Quest. Oh, gosh. Can I just close my thing? We're part of a brand new pilot program that Oculus is running called Immersive Stores, Immersive Layering on the store pages. There's only about four games on the platform that have this. Go to our, put on the headset and go look at our store page. You can only see, and look at Exorcist too, because we just published that about six hours ago. Um, but um, go look at our store page. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. In, the, in the headset. In the headset. Okay. That's exciting. Oculus yeah, is in, the, in the headset. Go look at the details. You know how you can look at the thing and it, yeah. and it pulls up the, 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 the video and the, just go look. Okay. Okay. No, that's exciting. <laughs> Man, yeah. Oculus always hustling. They got that. They got the new free trial section on the store. It's they're hustling. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing some really cool stuff and, and they're making the store experience more better. And, and, um, they're, um, we're lucky to be a part of that program. There's all, like popular pop one is on the pop one has it. Now, if you've been to the store page for pop one, check it out. It's also really cool. Uh, there's only like four, four or five titles total. And we're, we're two of them. So I'm happy about that. And I was, I'm really pleased, you know, for as much as people bag on the meta folks, you hear it all the time, man, you know, Facebook, this meta that, man, those people are busting their butts. No, they're doing, they're doing more than I think people. They are they so the- overworked as well. And they are so understaffed and they are all, all smiles and mm-hmm. they are just trying to do their darndest to make this whole thing work. Um, I'm really impressed by them and I'm not just kissing their ass just because, you know, we sell on the platform, but I truly, I, they're all, they're all good folks. Uh, well, so. uh, you know, just to, to bring it full circle, it's like they're showing their developers that have paid the way that you, you know, you guys and girls and, and resolution and fast travel. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, m- I miss Cloudhead games. There's so, so many good ones. I can't get them all. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they're still showing the recognition. They're not throwing you guys on App Lab now just because things are a little bit bigger or anything like that. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you guys are, are still getting the appreciation that that you deserve. And, you know, it's not just kissing their ass. The reality is you talk, you know, we had Chris Prue on uh geez a couple weeks ago maybe a month ago and you can hear the passion these people have it's not people filling suit roles it's not people just taking a job to to get a paycheck it's people who probably could make more in another industry i don't know what they pay hey i'm not gonna say that but you know they're they're there because they love it and it's their passion not because it's you know where the the money is necessarily chris yeah chris i saw that chris chris is one of the first people i texted back in january i think 2020 Hey, we got the Twilight Zone. You know, like, like, can you believe it? We got the Twilight Zone because um, he's a big horror guy, and you know, he loves the horror games. And I knew it; it would it, he would be he think he would think that was cool. But um, they're all they're all good people. They're all they're Passionate. all really good people. So yeah, I don't think you get VR to where it is today and where it's gonna be without those type mm-hmm. of people. So. Mm-hmm. You know, anyway, we, all right. Well, gentlemen, I'm, that's it for me. Uh, it's late. I mean, it's late for you too. <laughs> well, I know you guys. Uh, I believe we're t- same time zone. We're, so. we're all late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but you no, know, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for spending the time with us. And, uh, you know, to the listeners, definitely go check out Twilight Zone VR if you like it. Drop a five star review so we can keep getting some more, more, episode more content. content. And you know, hopefully we can have Doug back on in the future. I'd love to. I'd love to come. I'd love to bring some development. Uh, I'd love to bring uh, like one of the development team guys or. Uh, one of our team on fun train to talk about the play testing process and whatever you guys want to talk about. I just love, I just love talking to people about VR. So <laughs> nope, I'll, I'll awesome. talk, talk all day. 
definitely having you back. Okay, Perfect. good. So stay tuned for more, guys. Thank you.